on everyone welcome to the episode two of the hail mary podcast we got the boys back here talking about the nfl versus the nba which is harder to win but we're also going to mix in some other sports playoffs into the mix and how hard those titles are to win and then we're going to get into the nhl playoffs which is starting up here pretty soon so uh with that being said i'll hand it over to nate with the first uh point yeah, for sure. So, um, about the NBA and NFL playoffs, which one do we think is harder? So, Kendrick Perkins came out earlier this week and went on about how the NBA title is harder to win than the NFL championship. And personally, I think it's bullcrap. I think the NFL championship is a lot harder to win. And my reasoning is kind of, I mean, first off, less teams make it to the playoffs in the NFL and the NBA, and there's more teams in the NFL. So you get less teams making the playoffs. And in the NBA, even this year, they added like a new expanded playoffs, I believe, where even the nine and 10 seeds get a chance to make it. Am I right about that? Yeah, so and are you t- you're talking about the NBA, correct? Yeah. So what they're doing now is called a play-in tournament where the se- it's the seventh till 10th seed so seven, eight, nine, and ten all have this play-in tournament. So the top six seeds from each conference is going to make it, and then seven through ten have to do a play-in tournament to get those last two spots. So it's kind of just like a right. bonus. But anyways, continue. Yeah. And anyways, once you hit the playoffs in the NFL, I mean, it's one game, do or die. Like you don't get, you don't get a game here to just completely shit the bed and have a bad game, but you could turn it on the next four and win the series. It's you play your A game or you're out. I mean. That's why I personally think it's harder to win the NFL championship. But, um, yeah. I mean, unless you're – unless you're, I will say this. I think as an eight seed in the NBA, it's harder to win the title than, like, a let's say a seven seed in the NFL because the gap between one to eight is much bigger in the NBA than NFL. But um, just, just even getting to the Super Bowl is a much harder journey than to make it to the NBA. Every game matters more in the NFL. Sure. Um, I'll take it next. Um, I totally agree. Um, I think the Super Bowl is a lot harder. Um, and I think going off of the last point Nathan made there about it being a lot harder to be an eighth seed and win the championship than in the NBA than to be a seventh seed and win the Super Bowl because of the difference there. Um, and we've talked about this too amongst each other is that the NBA has just become making super teams and I'm not necessarily saying that's a bad thing. It's just how it is now. And one team started doing it. It all started when LeBron did it with the heat and then it's just been on a path towards destruction. And now all of them are creating super teams. So you have these four or five super teams and then the other three seeds are like the eighth seed is like, you know, the eighth seed playing the first seed is ridiculous. You know, there's only been a handful of times where the eighth seed, um, I believe there was um, the eighth seed Warriors that beat the Mavericks, the We Believe team. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, anyways, back on point though, I, I would definitely say the Super Bowl is um, harder to win because like Nathan uh, said, um, you know, it's one game, do or die. You don't have those extra games to come back and, you know, oh, I could, you know, sh- yeah, shit the bed one game and come back and win the next four if I wanted to. Um, 
where, you know, it all depends on that one moment. And you see, you wonder why the Super Bowl has the mo- the highest amount of viewers of all televised shows. And no- if it's like a season finale of something or anything, the Super Bowl is always the highest because it's the most entertaining game in the world. And you have that one one opportunity to win. There's no game two. There's no game three. Everybody loves a game seven, but the Super Bowl, I think, is the most entertaining. Um Aiden, you want to talk a little bit about it? Yeah, so building off both of your points, I think um, really a huge point, not that huge, but just the fact that there's 32 teams compared to 30, but only seven make it from the NFL compared to the NBA. And I think that's really, uh, it really shows how much more difficult it is because now you have seven teams from each conference so you should have the seven best teams, whereas when the NFL or the NBA, sorry, you have that extra team that's just that much worse than the seventh seed. So I think um, going by the numbers, that makes it more difficult. But then also going by the super teams, like in the NFL, there aren't really very many super teams because when you look at the Buccaneers roster and they just won, they don't have – two or three top five players in the NFL, like the entire league. Whereas you look at the Brooklyn Nets, you have three at least top seven players playing on the same roster. So I think it's a much more impressive feat when you're the Buccaneers and you've had struggles in the past two to three years before Tom Brady came and you've been able to draft well and build up really strong talent at every position compared to just bringing in people in free agency that are already that have already made a huge impact in the NBA over the past 10 years. So I think when you look at that, you see the um, impressiveness it is from that front office of the Buccaneers being able to build that linebacker, building able to build up that defense, which is not a focal point of NFL teams as much anymore, whereas you look at Teams like the Chiefs, who they played in the Super Bowl, pretty much mostly all offense-based. Like, they have a pretty good defense that's arguably top 10, but it's not up there with the Buccaneers and the Rams and the um, Steelers and all those teams. So That was so um, hard to read into I think <laughs> It was hard to admit, but it had to come out. But I think when you look at teams that are able to build up these rosters – And the NFL, how it just takes a toll on your body. Like a a 17-game season, or or sorry, a 16-game season as it has been, has been extremely difficult um, on players' bodies. And I think it's much more difficult in the NFL to keep a healthy team. And like Nathan said, with the one-and-done format in the NFL, if you have Patrick Mahomes injured, in your first game, the playoffs, you don't have that much stronger of a chance to move on because it's only one game. Whereas the NBA, if you're the Brooklyn Nets, let's say, and you lose James Harden, which you didn't even really expect to have over the past two years, you didn't expect to have him at the start of the season and he came in late. Um, You still have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving plus the, um, players that they brought in, like Blake Griffin, who's a good 
good basketball player and he that team really can make a strong run in the playoffs even without James Harden so I think when you look at it from that perspective it's really uh, polarizing. I just want to touch up on that point a bit I think it's also another point to why the NFL is harder to win it's more of a team sport I mean not not taking away anything from basketball you need chemistry you need good plays and you get coaching but it's five guys on the floor at once versus 12 guys on the field at all times in the NFL where one guy in the NBA could take over a game get hot go on a run by himself where in the NFL every single play you're working as a 12-man unit there's no like isos or one player just takes over and wins you the game you need it all as a team so if your team's not working all 100%, your team, you're not going to win. It's just how it goes. Oh, yeah. No, that's for sure. And I think that kind of reminds us about uh, a conversation that we had last night. So we had talked about, uh, I think we probably went about 20 to 30 minutes in our DMs. We have a group chat that we talked about. So one of our buddies had sent a video of the basketball, of a basketball video. And I'd like Aiden to touch up on this because he's the one who brought it up to me earlier. Um, and I think this is what he was talking about is uh, the, the Instagram DM that we had, uh, the conversation we had yesterday about um, some refing. So Aiden, if you want to touch up on that. Yeah, I think the NFL, it's a lot harder to uh, move the ball and get downfield when uh, you're not getting these easy um penalties like they are giving in the NBA so in the NBA like it's much easier to get a foul now than it was 10 years ago so they're really softening up I find with the fouls you can just throw yourself at the player that's trying to contest you when you're shooting the ball and if you land anywhere near his foot you're going to get called for it so um, I think it's just kind of ridiculous that you're able to do that. I understand that it's a dangerous part of the game. Like you can easily roll your ankle landing on someone, but if you're deliberately doing that, you're essentially putting yourself in danger. So I think that honestly, the call should be reversed on the other player that's putting himself in danger if that's the way it's going to go. But we also see it in the NFL, like people are going to be flamboyant when they're getting grabbed and pulled a little bit. And um, when you look at some receivers, they're really going to just – they get pulled a little bit and they give up on the play and they really sell it to the referee. So they draw calls. Uh, every single play they're trying to draw calls, but the focal point of sports should be to try to make a play with your skills and your skill set and try to fight through the adversity. So that's just my take on that. Yeah. Here, you go ahead, Nate, about this. I'll, I'll add on a little yeah, bit later. Sure. So, um, I think overall on a whole, not even just basketball and NFL, I think in all sports, refing has become kind of a joke to me. Seems more of like a, like a, maybe I'm not getting paid enough. Maybe, I don't know what the issue is, but like, even in, you see the NHL, they're calling, hammering down on these slashing calls where you barely touch the guy in the hands and you're going to the box, but you could blatantly trip a guy right in front of the ref and half of the time it just goes undetected. It's just frustrating to watch as a fan. And even in baseball, I don't know if you guys saw, it was a few days back, but um, Angel Hernandez is easily one of the worst umpires in baseball. 
Hmm. He so there was a play in the outfield. The guy hit it near the wall, and the outfielder dropped it. He hit the wall, but he called the guy out because he thought the outfielder caught it. And then when the so the, there was a base runner on second, and he couldn't advance to home because he had to retreat back to second because the ump called him out, wasn't able to score. And then they reversed it because he clearly dropped the ball. And then after the game and his, he was asked about it, he's like, so what was with that call? And he's like, well, I didn't see it, so I called him out. If you didn't see it, don't make a call. Like, I don't, it's just, it's just mind, mind-boggling to me. He's made so much bad calls this year already, but yeah. you've got to be the worst MLB umpire out there. It's just frustrating to see – in my opinion, just to see refs take over games and just makes it unfair and not fun to watch. Hundred percent, yeah. Like refing has playing minor sports in general. Just seeing <laughs> refs take over a game is just so frustrating. <laughs> I think we've definitely we we've played hockey together for how long, and we've had def- different refs. We have different nicknames for refs. We've been kicked out for just un- like unreal shit. Um, you know, I remember one time I, I yelled at the ref. I said, you know, no call. And I got kicked out two game suspension for it. Uh, I remember one time Aiden got hit and punched and he got suspended for it. Um, but roughing has really taken, um, you know, a toll where it comes to, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the moral of, I don't get paid enough, I guess. I, and I'd really like to know what has happened. Um, but I'll kind of bring it back towards um, the MLB or not the MLB, sorry, the NBA and NFL where these people are trying, these guys are trying to sell it. And it's not that the game, I don't find the game has gotten softer. And we argued about this last night. Um, I don't find the game has gotten softer. I feel that the players have not gotten softer. It's they're playing the game strategically where they know they can get these calls because the refs are so bad they're, they're gonna call these things all the time they're these refs are idiots i'm not gonna lie like the, the refs are idiots most of the time and this you know um I'll, I'll in the nba trey young for example he'll he'll go up and he'll he'll like flail himself around and he's gonna go and get try to get that call because he knows he's gonna get it and he tries to do it and it's free buckets. It's literally two free shots at the line. If you make it, it's, it's a three point play chance. Um, in the NFL, you'll have wide receivers, like Aiden said, trying to go for those calls and selling it. And we'll get the ref's attention and end up getting the call because the refs and the, the way they've made the game now compared to 10 years ago, even five years ago, I'd say um, they've just made it so much more soft and, it's, in, it's sometimes just no fun. And Aiden was saying this last night. It's just no fun to watch sometimes, uh, especially in basketball when you have 30 fucking free throws. It's it's boring. And no one wants to see 60 points made, you know, 60, 70 points made in just free throws. It's boring. You see these guys like James Harden, um, you know, Joel Embiid. I love these guys, but they're taking, you know, 12, 14 free throws a game. And it's, it's not fun. I get it. You need, to, it's now becoming, you know, part of the game, but you know, I, I wish, and I kind of sound like an old head when I say it, I wish, you know, they would kind of, you know, ease up on the softness of it and, you know, let the guys play, you know, unless he's like deliberately pushing him or like deliberately hitting him, then call it. But like you see some shit that it's just unreal to see. 
I think that's that's that on. It's insane. You guys have anything else on that topic? I'll touch up on that. You're talking about the NFL receivers. I think that whole the whole pass interference ruling now, I think, is a joke. I don't feel like you see the receivers how they're supposed to have fair 50-50 chance at jump balls with DBs, but they just don't get them. Like the refs, the refs don't give the DBs equal or fair chance at getting the ball as the receiver do. Nowadays, what find is right. I think it should be like if the DB goes up, touches him, he'll call it pass interference. But if the refs go up, rough around the DB in the air, it's never called PI. It's just I don't understand it. I don't understand the ruling, but I know they switched it up after that Saints Rams game in the playoffs. Yeah, all the pass interference rulings, but um, I think they went too far with it. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, like. Get these 40-yard plays downfield where your QB airs one out deep to your wide receiver and the DB hits him in the air or something, let's say, and it's just 45 free yards and flags. That you didn't even catch the ball. You might not even have been able to catch the ball, but he still gets the 45-yard play because the DB interfered with him in the air when I just disagree with it. I think the DB should get the fair chance of the ball, just like the receivers, but that's just my opinion on it. And Aiden brought this up in, in both this argument and the argument we were having about which is harder between the finals and the Super Bowl is, and we talked about this last night, um, how the game is so much more focused on offense than defense now and how defense has an unfair advantage when it comes to DBs where offense is, is more, you know, more exciting where, you know, the, the moral of defense wins championships has gone become obsolete now because teams are just trying to get as many offensive players as possible. Um, You know, if like Aiden said, the Brooklyn Nets, like the Brooklyn Nets, they don't have the greatest defense, but they have, probably the two best scorers in the NBA. And then, you know, some guy who thinks the world is flat, who still is going to score 30 points a game. Um, and you have all these, these depth guys and they're crazy. They, they're not great at defense, you know, but they're still going to win a ton of games and you still see some of the defensive, you know, leaders in sports, but um, Aiden really sold me on, you know, saying offense is just taking over and you miss, you miss, you know, seeing that defense. I think, you know, Aiden and I both played defensive side of the ball in football. Aiden played both sides, but um, we both played defensive side of the ball. And I really, you know, if you actually look at it, defense is, is so fun to play and it's so entertaining. If you look at it, you know, obviously not everybody loves the big throws, the big shots, all of that. But if you really look at it and analyze the game, it's, it's even, it's just as great watching a defensive plague happen. Uh, like a sack or an interception or a block um, in any other sport, like a, like a block shot or something like that. You know, it's, I think it's amazing, but uh, I'm rambling on a little bit. Yeah, no, I think defense, if it's a vital part of a sport, like you have defense, offense, and special teams in the NFL, the special teams isn't on that much, so it's always going to be offense and defense pretty much on the field. So I think when you have defense on the field and there's a ball going up and they're trying to defend it, they should obviously have an equal chance at the ball to try to make a play. Like I know uh, watching my Panthers this year, 
there was a play where Jeremy Chan, a rookie, he, he uh, comes out with the uh, fumble recovery, takes it to the house for a touchdown. They uh, did the extra point, did the kickoff and everything. And then he comes back the very first play out in the next drive. And he rips the ball from Dalvin Cook and takes it for another touchdown. And that was um, game-changing, obviously. And it was a really fun play to watch because you see in a crowd, he's able to track down the ball in a crowd of people, rip it out, get out of that crowd, and then take it for a touchdown again. So I think um, it's really just a fun part of the game. Even uh, the Buda Baker interception when DK ran him down that was such a fun play to watch because you have the defensive player making a beautiful play on the ball, but then it flips for the offense because now they're playing defense and it was incredible effort by DK Metcalf to get back there and catch Buda Baker. So I think defense is definitely an exciting place to watch the game because uh, the defensive players are trying just as hard as the offensive players to get the ball back the other way. So, I think um, they really got to lighten up on the defense and give the defense an equal chance to make plays. Like, it's not fun to watch a drive where half of your yards are coming from penalties. It's much more fun to watch a drive where you're running the ball, you're getting first downs, you're making plays, and then you capitalize with a touchdown, whereas – if you're on the 75-yard line, you throw a ball 60 yards downfield and you get a pass interference call, now that team's in the red zone. They have much less work to do. So I think um, they really got to lighten up on those penalties because the probability of that catch could have been 50-50, but also you might not ever know because the throw could have been off. The defensive player could have made a play on the ball. Like, you just never know, like, even the play when Odell Beckham Jr. made that amazing catch, like he got uh, penalized, not him, but the guy pulling him down, but he was still able to make a play on the ball. So I think just fighting through it and making plays when there shouldn't be a play made is much more fun to watch when rather than getting a penalty for 60 yards just seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, for sure. I think nowadays it's just the majority of fans enjoy rather seeing see, a 45-2 to two big shootout game where there's a lot of offense. Personally, for me, I'm one that actually enjoys sitting down and watching like a 7-3 game, like a 10-7 game, like tight defense. First defense to break is really the team that loses. I like watching those type of games. Don't get me wrong. I like a, I like a shootout here and there too, but – um. I think it's just um, – sorry, but I got a notification. Um, yeah, I think it's just – in all sports in general, I mean, they're making the rules where it allows for more offense. People are more worried about their fantasy, fantasy leagues now than actually watching the game, and it's just – I mean, baseball, they juice the baseballs more, so it gives pitchers less of a chance of – actually being successful and striking guys out in hockey they're calling a lot much a lot more penalties giving more power plays they're making goalies wear smaller equipment 
um, in basketball with all the fouls they're calling and even in the NFL, all the defensive flags that the other team's offense benefits from, but they never get the calls on them for the defense to benefit on. It's just, I think people want to see more offense and that's what the leagues are giving, unfortunately, but I don't know. I don't agree with it. I personally like the defense and defense should win championships in my opinion. I'll always stick to that, but it's just the way it goes, I guess. I mean, if people if people like try to counter this argument with the 2018 um, Super Bowl, the Rams Patriots Super Bowl, yeah. I get it. It was boring. We all found it boring. But if you actually look at it, and I've rewatched it, and I think we've all kind of rewatched parts of it. Um, defensively, it was a great game. Uh, offensively, and obviously, nobody wants to see only defense people want to see you know 40 yard catches like these big ass runs like we want to see that but because like there's sometimes when there's too much offense and no defense and then there's vice versa an example like the uh, Super Bowl then but I think moral of the story would be um, the game has gotten a lot softer people are knowing how to strategize it now and the the leagues are just yeah, like they're favoring the offense more than defense, like Nathan said. Um, but we'll kind of move on to our next topic. Uh, we're going to talk about the NHL playoffs first round. And before we start, um, I'm just going to say a disclaimer is that Aiden and I watch hockey, yes, but we aren't that into hockey as much per se as Nathan is. Nathan is a lot more into hockey than we are. Um, I feel guilty saying that because I've always been such a hockey fan. But I've watched less and less of it now. Um, so forgive me and Aiden if, you know, we don't have all the knowledge in the world about hockey because we haven't really paid close enough attention to uh, kind of have our two cents put into every single argument. But I think Nathan kind of will lead our, uh, our conversation here if he wants to start off with a couple of the first series of the first round and uh, we'll kind of get our opinions to go around as much as uh, we can. Hockey insider Nathan Payne coming right to me. <laughs> so I know the majority of our fan base is going to be Canadians, obviously, and I think we can't ignore the North Division has been super fun to watch this year with only Canadian teams and only playing inside of Canada. I think it's been cool. It's been a cool storyline, and so we'll start off with that. We got, I know, Aiden's favorite team in Toronto and Ryan's favorite team, Montreal, battling round one. I mean... It'll be fun to watch for sure. I want to see if the Leafs could finally break the hump and move out of the first round, but I don't really have the confidence in them anymore, to be honest. I mean, I really thought they were going to break it last year against Columbus. They had the better team, like, just favored them, and they couldn't do it. They got shut out in the last game, and I don't know. They are looking better this year. I'll give them that. They added some defensive depth. They added more offensive depth, even in like Felino at the trade deadline. But um, it's their goaltending that mostly worries me. Frederick Anderson has been hurt. He just came back for one game last night. I don't even know if he's going to start in the playoffs. And um, Jack Campbell, who was playing lights out for them, just kind of fell off his last few games. So it'll be interesting to see. However, in Montreal, I'm not too confident in their goal with goaltending either. I mean, Price has been out. We don't know what he's going to be. 
he's even going to start right away. But um, yeah, and their offense has been struggling to score. So I guess we'll see how it goes. I like the addition of Caulfield. I like them calling him up. He's been solid so far. But what do you guys think? All right, so I'll I'll start just because I know Aiden's going to have to do a lot of defending. Um, I am 100% on board with Nathan. Toronto is the better team. Toronto is way better. They have the best goal scorer. Uh, and as you can see, Nathan's Cavs fan. Ovi is probably the best goal scorer of all time. But this year, and I'd even say last year. Yeah. Um, Ovi's not the same player he wants. No, 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 no. Um, but I'm seeing, I'd say last year, and especially this year, Austin Matthews is the best goal scorer in the NHL. He put, he had 40 goals in however many games. I don't know how many games, but it's, it's very, very little. Um, I think he was on pace for was like 66 goals in a full season, which yeah. would have been the best since like Mario Lemieux. Yeah, he, he's ridiculous. And then Mitch Marner is a, and Aiden had said this earlier. He's a, he's a con Smythe candidate. Uh, great. Uh, they added the defensive depth. Um, Morgan Riley has always been a stud and they got a couple more guys. I'm, I'm not sure about the details. I don't like to pay attention to the Leafs because I don't like the Leafs. Um, but I think uh, Nylander is living up to that contract now. Uh, they have the team. They have the team. Uh, but it's, it's that storyline of, the first round it's the Leafs it's it's the it's the sentence it's the Leafs and then that brings me to Montreal I'm a Montreal fan I'm biased but Montreal is not the better team their goaltending is very inconsistent Price has been out for probably three weeks to a month now with that concussion we're hoping he comes back Jake Allen is up and down Caden Primo is 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 ass um and then they're defensively they're okay and offensively they're inconsistent as well. Like Nathan said, Cole Caulfield was a great bring up. Um, obviously like uh, all the Canadian fans are riding uh, Cole Caulfield right now. I mean, yeah, he's young. Um, you know, they're, we're all rating him a little bit, but uh, he is really good. I don't think it's going to make a huge difference in the playoffs, but I think guys that are going to need to step up for Montreal are going to be guys like Thomas Attar. Um, I, I don't even know. I'd say to probably Tyler Toffoli will need to step up a little bit. Uh, uh, Jesperi, uh, I can't really pronounce his name. That's terrible. Um, but all in all, I think Toronto is the better team. As long as they could avoid the, you know, fairy tale storyline of losing in the first round, I think, you know, they easily should get past Montreal, sadly. And I'm not going to hear the end of it. Aiden? Yeah, like Ryan was saying, I'm not a huge hockey guy anymore. Um, so. I can't speak on it too much, but I got faith in my guys that will come out with the dub, especially against Montreal. I want, obviously, them to take the rivalry very seriously so that all the Montreal fans that uh, have bothered us about not winning a cup for 50 years can finally be quiet when we uh, take the cup home this year to Toronto. I know my, uh, my uncle, who's a huge Toronto fan, He's got his uh, room booked every year for the parade, and this year he's going to finally uh, cash in on that reservation. I like that. I like that. All right, Nate, you want to bring us to another uh, another series there? So I'll move over to the other North Division. So the winner of this series will go on to face the winner of uh, Edmonton-Winnipeg. This one's going to be interesting. I don't like Edmonton's depth, but I mean – Jesus, like, Carmack David and Dry Saddle, like, those two are just unstoppable. It's unfair. 
it's unfair what things Connor McDavid could do with the puck. It's just I've never seen something like it before in my hockey watching days. But um, like me, I wasn't alive to watch Gretzky, obviously. But um, like I think this dude is just better, better than Gretzky. I mean, he's that good. Like I think he's gonna be the all-time great career is over. But um, yeah, their depth kind of scares me. I mean, their goaltending's inconsistent. You're riding Mike Smith into the playoffs, who's 75 years old now. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to take a shot at his age. <laughs> and um, their defense isn't much to write home about. They give up five-goal games often. But um, Winnipeg, on the other hand, they're, they at least have the goaltending. Connor Hellyabuck could steal you a game here and there. But um, they're not a team that really scares me either. Besides their top six forwards, their core, they don't have much. But um, And they've been pretty cold riding into the playoffs, so – I personally think I got Edmonton in this one, but I don't think it'll be as easy as some people are writing writing it. I mean, Winnipeg's still a good team, but compared to Edmonton, I just don't see Connor McDavid choking this one this year. Yeah. I think he'll finally get his playoff action. For real. Uh, just before I'll talk about this one, I think we should kind of uh... – say who we think is going to win each series. So I know Aiden has Toronto in the first series. I have Montreal. Even though I think Toronto's going to win it, I'm always going to ride with my boys. Uh, Nathan's the toss-up. Who do you got, Nate, for the first round? What the abs. <laughs> oh, baby. That's cool. <laughs> I just don't. I, I like that. I like that. I just I don't know. I got the Habs winning it in seven. Let's go, baby. I like to hear that. Uh, so, anyways, talking about um, this series, uh, Edmonton, Winnipeg, Connor McDavid. I do. I really don't have to say anything else. Like Nathan, Nathan said everything I needed to say. I don't know much about Winnipeg. I know. I know they lost Lane. So, um, I mean, I don't know really how great he, but he's been playing in Columbus. I don't know if he's been playing that great at all. That's where he's playing, correct? Yeah. Yes. Um, it's been solid, I guess, but, um, yeah, they can't ride Hellebuck to a win. And when you have arguably the, you have the best player in the NHL and then a top five player in the NHL on the same team, you're going to, you should at least win the series. Mike Smith, not a guy you should be having in net. I like their goal. I actually like their defense. I think they're young. I like, really, really like Darnell Nurse. Um, Canadian guy. Um, he was awesome for us in the World Juniors a couple years back. Uh, smoke show. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Dude, no. His sister and then, um, well, you know, a couple girlfriends from the team, a couple Sudbury ladies. But, uh, you know, that's what we always got to cheer for Edmonton. I, I really think Connor McDavid is one of a kind guy. He's, he's at least going to be Crosby, OV, Gretzky level, if not a Kira. So I got Edmonton in this round. Aiden, you want to talk about this series? Like I said before, I don't know much about hockey, but you got two uh, good Canadian boys. Got to go with Edmonton here. Sure. Yeah, sure. Uh, um, so we can take it over to my team series, I guess. I'm a Caps fan, in case you guys couldn't tell, but – um. I personally don't – I mean, we're going up against Boston, and I'm not very confident this year. I mean, we've shit the bed 
so many times in the last decade in the playoffs. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, we got over the hump once, but right after that series win, we just choked two years in a row. So I don't have much confidence. We've been battling heavy injuries going into the playoffs. And we're obviously going to get some of them back, but guys like Ovechkin, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, Carlson, all of them have been missing time and are out. So I'm not very confident. Boston, I mean, they're rolling hot right now. They got that Pasternak, Marshawn, Berger online is just disgusting. And I don't think we're going to win this one. I got Boston personally. But, um, yeah, you never know. I mean, if OV gets hot, the boys come back. I think we could win. But we just don't have the goaltending. It's just – Well, they're the – Like, Washington is, like, really old and then really young. It's like their goaltending is super, super young. I think you have a rookie playing in that right now or a second-year guy. And then you have Ovechkin, Backstrom, Carlson. These guys are getting old. Um and I think they're just beyond their window. They won the championship in their window. Um, and then they're kind of – they're in the rebuild stages now. Uh, not now, but, I mean, they're going to have to come to it as soon as Ovechkin retires. Um, We're in that window, like, do we win or do we tank? Like, what's going on? Like, exactly. Do we exactly. sell the farm or do we stick it out a few more years? <laughs> Literally. Um, I, as a Montreal fan, I think a lot of people can agree with me that – we hate Boston more than we hate Toronto. I, I despise Boston, but like Nathan said, that top, that first line is unreal. You add Taylor Hall to that mix. Um, Taylor Hall has been really good. If, if you guys saw, I, you've obviously saw that power play goal um, that he scored uh, against, I think it was the Islanders. And he's disgusting. And I think speaking about having the window, uh, Boston is in that window right now where they're win now. They've been in that window since 2019, I think, when they played the Blues. I think it was the Blues in 2019. Um, and I think, you know, Bergeron's getting old. Marshawn's getting old. Pasternak's young enough. And same with Taylor Hall and same with a lot of these guys on their team. But, you know, some of their defense are getting pretty old too. And they don't have great pending. <laughs> I think they have a good guy playing in that now. I don't know who exactly their goalie since Tuka Rask had a got a rookie and his name's Swayman. He's been solid. But I feel like Rask <laughs> will take the starting role. Playoffs. Just he's at all. Oh, you still on the team? Yeah. Oh, I thought he had a suck. He had a, that suck attack last year. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I think they're you know the Boston's window to win is 2019 till 2025. They have these six years to do something. They have the team when they when they, as soon as they picked up that Taylor Hall. Yeah, they're going for it now. And I think Boston has a serious chance of winning this thing, as much as I would hate to see this, because I hate Boston. But um, let Aiden take this series on. I have Boston in that, by the way. Again, purely based off of my personal bias, I don't know anything about hockey. I'm not going to say who should win or who I think will win. Um, If I was going to do that, I'll go off uh, both of your opinions and say that Boston will take it. But I just hate the Boston Bruins with a passion almost as much as I hate Montreal. Tom, but I, I don't like them at all. And purely based off of their home uh, commentators alone, I hope they lose this series and I hope they lose it bad because I don't like those two guys that commentate in Boston at all. 
<laughs> Aiden really likes to talk about the commentators. That's what we're always we're always making fun of Joe Buck in the NFL. So I'd, I'd rather listen to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman uh, call the Thursday night game against the Broncos and Jets again than I'd rather watch that. Oh. And I'd rather <laughs> listen to the Boston game. I can agree with that. <laughs> that's bad. There, that was okay. Yeah, that was something. <laughs> I think that's the only thing Montreal and Toronto fans can agree on is how much we hate Boston. Um, and ugh, just, I like call them a poverty franchise, even though they're pretty freaking good. Anyways, Nate, you want to take another series on? You can breeze by the other series since we still got a, quite a bit to cover. Uh, Pittsburgh plays the Islanders. So, I mean, two years ago when they faced off, the Islanders swept them. I feel like it'll be different this time. I think Pittsburgh has more of, an, more of a vengeance kind of. I mean, the guys are getting older. They're playing good hockey right now. They're getting good goaltending. So, I feel like Pittsburgh ends up taking this one. But I wouldn't rule out the Islanders with their – Barry Trotz has them playing this stingy defensive game, and it it works somehow. And they don't have the players. Like, they don't have the roster that makes you go, wow, this team is spectacular. But they just find a way to win, and it's – I don't know how they do it. But it must be the Barry Trotz effect. Dude, you just took the words right out of my mouth. Like, I'm going to – yeah, like, Pittsburgh is the better team, but the only thing that will that will be a game changer is the Islanders coaching. Barry Trotz is, I would say, the best coach in the N- the NHL. Um, he was the best coach two, three years ago when he won the Cups with the Caps. Uh, can't believe they didn't resign him. That was a mistake. Takes the Islanders, sweeps the Penguins. I, I, I get no. I, I obviously get why they didn't resign him, but yeah. I mean, when you think about it, it's like, damn, like it's kind of hard. It's like Dwayne Casey when he didn't get signed to the Raptors again after he won Coach of the Year. Um, but that's the only re- way. Like you know, there, it's not a big goal scoring team. Matt Barzell, guys like that um, aren't scoring like you know big. 30, 40 goal seasons. I think Matt Barzell has like 19 goals this year, which is, you know, NHL, you know, that's pretty amazing. But um, I think, you know, Pittsburgh is the much better team and I have Pittsburgh in this series, but Islanders are going to keep it close with Barry Trotz coaching. Aiden? Um, (laughs) I don't know what to say. Um, Give me the Penguins. I got the Penguins. I'll uh, side with my boy uh, who's a Penguins fan, and uh, we'll go into the series. I don't know, like, the New York Islanders, like, what are they? What's an Islander, man? I don't know. Facts. Facts. I mean, the Rangers over them. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll move on. Um, quickly recap the other four ones going on, but uh, there's Carolina Nashville. And, again, Carolina's the much better team. Like, can't take that away from them. But um, Nashville just finds a way to make it happen in the playoffs. I mean, look at 2017. One of the last seeds to make it to the playoffs and ran to the finals somehow. So, they're a team that could kind of win, but I don't, I don't see it. I think Carolina's going to win. And I have Carolina going to the finals, actually. They're one of my finals contenders. Like that, yo, yeah, like, um, sorry, I just had to take a phone call there. Um, but Carolina, and you know, uh, I don't very, I don't know very much about hockey. I'm just, you know, kind of rambling and talking about as much as I know. I know that 
Carolina has disgusting hockey players. Um, I believe Svechnikov is still on the team. Uh, Sebastian Ajo is disgusting. All these guys are really good. Sadly, I can only name those two at the top of my head right now, but I know Carolina is really good. And I have a deep, deep hatred for Nashville solely because of one of my friends. And I think we're all in agreement that we dislike Nashville because of this one friend. Yeah. Um, so we won't mention his name because, uh, you know, uh, He's, he's doing this job where he can't have his name mentioned. Uh, so, um, you know, I, I don't – and I think Nashville is out of its prime. I think Nashville – Pecorino is way out of his prime now. I don't – I think they're they're getting old. They're, they just don't have those guys anymore, and Carolina is the better team. And Car- Carolina's exciting. I like – I don't – like, Don Cherry hates on it. Uh, well, who knows what Don Cherry says Don now. Cherry's yeah, but um, – you know, like they're exciting. They're fun. Like it's like the Charlotte Hornets announcers. They're fun hockey to watch, and I enjoy watching Carolina play. So I have Carolina in that series, for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Carolina here purely for the fact that they're uh, in the same city as uh, the Carolina Panthers. <laughs> uh, we'll go Carolina. I think uh, you were talking about Pekka Rene. I think. I think he's around the same age as Mike Smitty there up in Edmonton. So uh, I think he's like 39, 40 now. Yeah. We don't go with geriatric goaltenders here. We go with the young bucks there in Carolina. Yeah. And now the winner of that series will go on to play the winner of the Battle of Florida. We got uh, the Panthers versus the Lightning. And honestly, if it was going off the regular season. I would take the Florida Panthers. They had much better regular season. They looked better all year, but um, just the fact Stamkos and Kucherov are back from injury. They haven't really played. Stamkos played at the start of the year, but got hurt, and Kucherov's missed all year. I think that'll just put them over the top, and they'll power through Florida. Florida just doesn't have the experience Tampa does, and it's going to be a close series. Like It wouldn't surprise me at all if the Panthers beat the Lightning, but I gotta go with the lightning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that it's all about experience in the playoffs, right? Like, uh, especially in hockey too. Um, and like Nathan said, regular season, Florida Panthers, I think were the best team, one of the best teams in the NHL, uh, which was a total surprise to everybody. Um, Johnny Gaudreau, and no, uh, yeah, and um, Barkov are just disgusting. Like. They took such a step up, and they were already good players, but they just went from here to here. And um, for the people listening, I, I put my hand up like a tier level higher. Um, but Tampa is the better playoff team. Uh, we've seen that, and people calling their ring a Mickey Mouse ring, or Mickey Mouse championship like the Lakers last year just untrue. Um, they were bound to win it. They've been bound to win it for you know the last five years. Um, and like Nathan said, these guys are coming back. Um, Stamco is probably back for two games, injured. They'll make it to the finals, and he'll be back for another game. Um, but I think the biggest thing, and it's going to sound weird, Braden Point. I think Braden Point, it just goes crazy when it comes down to – he's oh, Braden Point, no, he is insane. Braden Point in any pressure is just crazy. I think him and then Vasilevsky – when it happens, you know, that great goaltending. I think he's, you know, 1A and 1B, him and Connor Hellebuck for the best goalies in the NHL. Maybe Grubauer too. Um, 
but I really, really like those guys. And I, I think Tampa takes it with the experience. And uh, what does is, what is Aiden have to say about all his hockey knowledge? No battle of Florida down there. You got uh, two teams, one obviously inexperienced, like you said, and then you got one that's been built up over time. I know back when I was religious about watching hockey, Tampa was uh, putting together something special down there. And now you saw it all come together last year, and they're not looking to take a step back. They're looking to keep the pedal down and roll over the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I'll touch up on the West Division out here, down in uh, – so we got – well, this one hasn't really been decided as we're recording this right now. It should be decided by tonight, but um, one of Cal or sorry, not Calgary, Colorado or Vegas will take on Minnesota and St. Louis, and then vice versa. It all depends on the Colorado game tonight, but um, with that being said, I think – doesn't really matter what happens tonight. Colorado and Vegas are going to be the two teams that move on. I just don't see the other two challenging them. Personally, I think they're two top three teams in the league, besides maybe Carolina as the third. But um, they're just too good. And that series, if it happens, Colorado-Vegas is going to be probably the most entertaining series of them all. So I can't wait to watch that if it does happen. But, yeah, I just don't see Minnesota or St. Louis putting up a fight. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, um, St. Louis, like I said earlier, was, you know, championship, you know, a couple of years ago. They're getting old, too. Tarasenko's getting kind of old. You know, they lost, You know, their goaltending's uh, – uh, their defense is uh, – like, they've lost some big guys. You know, they lost Petrangelo, which was crazy, I found. Um and like Nathan said, like it's it doesn't matter who goes on. Minnesota is old as well. I, I, Minnesota is the most just boring. Nobody knows what the hell is going on with the Minnesota Wild hockey team in the NHL. Like I, if I could tell you one player, it would be Ryan Suter or fucking I, I couldn't tell you someone. I don't even know if Ryan Suter plays there anymore. Uh, there was a um, Zach Parise used to play there. Fuck, like I don't know, but. Uh, like I have Colorado winning the whole thing. Um, Nathan McKinnon is um, top three player in the NHL, I would say. Um, and then you have Landeskog, who's great. Rantanen's great. Um, Grubauer's their goalie, right? Yeah, he's a great goalie. Um, their defense is really good. And then you have Vegas, who has just they're they're solid. They have they had just have great depth. They have Pacioretty. I don't know why I named it first. Maybe <clears throat> Habs fan. Um, they have, they got Petrangelo, which is pretty funny, uh, seeing how they might play St. Louis. Um, who is that other defenseman who is arguably top five defenseman who Shea plays Theodore. on Vegas? Who, sorry? Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore, yeah, okay. Yeah, he's a top five defenseman. Yeah, he's um, yeah, and and that's how much I don't know about hockey is that I know he's good, but I just I don't know what his name is, but – Either way, uh, whoever, like, you know, if, um, you know, let's say, for example, Colorado plays Minnesota, Vegas plays St. Louis, or vice versa, Colorado and Vegas will meet in round two. It will not be Minnesota or St. Louis, you know? Yeah, I have no idea what's going on there, but um, I like Colorado. I like Nathan McKinnon. Uh, He's got some 
moxie, some flair. I love the way he plays the game from when I've watched. Um, so I hope Colorado can advance. And then, um, like you said, Vegas, they've uh, built a strong club out there. Um, that uh, almost 50 draft they got really uh, helped them. And I think they've done nothing but build on it from there. And they're a really good team. So I could see those two teams again meeting up, like Ryan said. So see what happens. Anything else the boys wanted to touch up on? I think we're coming close to an end. I think one thing we kind of can talk about quickly, because I think we've been recording for almost an hour now. Um, And, you know, I think we said this earlier, uh, is that we just find this flies by. You know, as soon as we get on a roll, we just all start talking and it just feels like, you know, five minutes. But um, we're almost coming to an end. I'd say we don't want to go too long. I think the last thing we need to talk about is Tom Wilson. I think we kind of need to talk about that. Nathan's going to piss a lot of people off in this conversation. I'll start it off because I, and Nathan will kind of go in a little more into depth about it. So what I had seen is that um, they took a, like Washington took a shot and then, you know, there was a big fight and then like Tom Wilson was in it because it's Tom Wilson. And then, you know, he like threw Panarin or something like that. And then, you know, it's not like, you know, throwing him back and forth and shit. And then he, you know, people are complaining because he didn't get suspended, like, or like find some big, big amount. Um, but I want to, I really want to hear Nathan's opinion on this because I actually haven't heard Nathan's full opinion on this and I really want to hear it. Yeah. So I'll give you my full breakdown. Um, yeah. So what happens is the Rangers go into the zone, whatever, crash the net for like a rebound. It's just like a scrum and a scrum ensues in the front and, what the cameras may have not picked up. I don't think it was much, but from Tom Wilson's perspective, it was enough. Uh, Buchnevich, who was the guy laying on the ground, who Tom Wilson ended up, I'll get into it, but um, he took a little kick at Washington's goalie, and Tom Wilson kind of took that took Ooh. that one to heart. And what I, Okay, what he did to Buchnevich, I don't think was right. He didn't deserve to get his head smashed into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I also don't think it was a suspendable play. It happened like it happened the next night. Sidney Crosby smashed Konechny's face in the ground in the same manner. Konechny was holding him on the ground, and Crosby flipped over and did that same pushing motion into his neck into the ground, and he didn't – nobody even talked about it. So Somebody said start treatment. Yeah, I don't think – obviously, Tom Wilson's got the suspension history. I'm not going to take anything away from it. He's made dirty, dirty plays in the past, but – it's not excusable. Like, he needs to clean up his game for sure as a Caps fan. I hate seeing – I hate having to keep defending him. It's getting to the point where, like, I just can't defend him anymore when he makes a dirty play. Like, before, it's like, okay, well, he's not – he hasn't made that much plays, and then it starts piling up and piling up. And it's like, okay, you can't really defend the guy anymore. But you know, what he did to Panarin afterwards – it's just a normal hockey play. I mean, the dude jumped on his back. You see guys get thrown down to the ground like that every second fight when people drop the gloves. It's just just what happens. You don't when you're a five nine star, you don't jump onto the six four powerhouse and Tom Wilson and expect not to get your ass kicked. So that's just my point of view from it. I didn't think it deserved a suspension, but also I wouldn't I wouldn't have 
thought wrongly if he got a few games. Like, I could have seen it. And, and that might be a little bit of bias, right? Like, and I'm not saying that you're, you're taking the whole thing to bias because a lot of the points you make are very understandable. Um, but, you know, it's your it's one of your players and you love him, right? So I want to hear what Aiden One of my favorite players, I'll give him yeah, he has to clean up his. What? I just find it funny how a month or two ago we were talking about the McDavid situation, and Nathan brought up the fact that Tom Wilson has cleaned up his game, and they still <laughs> pick on him. They still give him these suspensions, but now Nathan's finally starting to realize that this guy just doesn't know when to clean it up. But um, I've studied the play from various angles. And I think he had no intention of kicking the goalie in the groin. It just happened to be the way he fell and the way his leg went. So punch him while he's already down, while you have him pinned down. His head is on the ice already. I think to punch him is just unnecessary. And then the Panarin one, the first one I can understand. His helmet comes off. He goes to the ground. But when you're standing over him, you see that his helmet has come off and then you proceed to push down on him while his helmet's off, putting his head in danger on the hard ice. I just think it was absolutely uncalled for. And just the risk of injuring the player in that way, I think that's deserving of suspension for sure. I think a little shot um, while you have him pinned down is okay. Not okay, but... It's not like a huge deal like uh, in the crease, but when you have a star player and you've thrown him absolutely body slamming the ice to the fact where his helmet came off and then you feel the need to also slam him down while his helmet's off, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous to me. Yeah. No, well, I'm not going to defend Tom Wilson because Aiden makes great points. I mean, I think it was a suspendable act. Um you know, I like Tom Wilson. Uh, and here's where I'm going to defend Tom Wilson. I'm seeing so much shit about people riding Ryan Reeves. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's why we love Ryan Reeves. And it's like Ryan Reeves, John Scott, all of these guys are enforcers. Tom Wilson is a point-per-game guy. Tom Wilson is not a just a guy that's going to go and fucking hit like hit these guys and pick fights and shit like that. He's getting you an assist or a goal a night. He's always a plus on the plus minus chart. He's always going to be making a, you know, like something that's a game breaker. You know, sometimes it's, you know, being an idiot on the ice and slamming guys into the ground. But other times it's, you know, um, he, he's helping the team. He's not a bad player. He's a very good player. And Nathan has told, like, talked to me about this before. He's, he's a really great player, but you can't, it's really, really hard to defend what he did. And I'm not going to, you know, scream at him and like get pissed about it because, you know, like everything's fine. And they resolved it after that fucking game, the next game where they had like a hundred penalty minutes in the first five minutes. Um, but yeah, it's hard to defend Tom Wilson as as much as you know. I think he's a good player. It it's getting harder and harder now. Tom Wilson reminds me a lot of Brad Marchand in his early days coming into the league, where um, he's very talented. Don't get me wrong. If he didn't have that talent, 
if Marshawn didn't have that talent, he would have been kicked out of the league. He would have been out of the league five years ago with the stuff he did. And that's exactly like Tom Wilson. Like the stuff he's done in the past, if he didn't have the skill to back it up, he'd be out of the league by now. Like no team would have him on his roster. But I mean, like you said, the guy, the guy's a stud. He'll put up a point per game if he needs to. He's easily Washington's best penalty killing forward. Block so many shots, take so much shots for the team. Very positionally sound, but it's just the meathead plays. Like, I just want to see so badly just him take that out of his game completely because he has the potential to be such a good player. But it's just – it gets frustrating at times. Just when you think he's enough, like he goes a year clean, he just gets another suspension, and it's just – When's it going to stop type of thing? But I think the league, maybe in the off season, I think the league needs to just have a, the Department of Player Safety in the league just needs to have a sit down with him and say, like, listen, like, you got to clean up your game or else, like, the consequences are going to get worse. Like, you're going to be missing full seasons. But um, cause the guy has potential to be a really good player in the league. It's just he's got to clean up his act. Exactly, exactly. Well, I think we're running pretty long here. Uh, I think it was a good talk. Uh, kind of covered a lot of things in this episode. Um, yeah, but uh, I'd like, you know, if you guys are listening to the end of this, whoever's listening, please, please, you know, DM our Instagram account. Please reach out to our personal accounts. Like, we want content ideas. Like, we kind of have an idea for next week, but, you know, we, we want to have ideas and we want you know, to have people you guys want to hear exactly like we we're always putting like polls on our stories, like, you know, content ideas, like the different things, like, you know, we're, we're reaching out to people and saying like, what do you guys want to hear? Like, you know, we've had some DMS about talking about these different things. Um, I think we'll, we'll talk about baseball pretty soon. We had a DM about that. Um, you know, we talked about the Tom Brady thing last time. Uh, but, and I think people would have wanted to hear about that Tom Wilson incident because it was pretty big over the last couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Um, we'll, this will probably come up. Some, uh, we'll go into some musical conversations because uh, I know we have some different uh, hip hop tastes. So <laughs> okay. we'll go into that if you have any questions about that too. Eh, Aiden, Aiden's an old head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's got good musical taste. He's just, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to explain. You got to, you got to, if you have any musical questions, please ask Aiden if you want to get into an argument with him because he is down and he is down to discredit anything you have to say. And he does it to me and he has changed my point of view on a lot of things. So I think it's really worth to to argue with him about. Um, But I think that's it, boys. Uh, Thank you for uh, coming in. Thank you to anybody who's listening. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think it's a good episode. We'll uh, we'll end it here. Say uh, say goodbye then. For sure. Yep. Take care. Take care. So.